Amen. Well, it's just as we reflect on these, the idea of God's goodness, and Dave, you spoke about it at the beginning as we were reading scripture and just reflecting all the way through the songs that we have now sung, and, and then just the, uh, the question, the catechism question, what else does Christ's death redeem? You know, uh, God's good, goodness is amazing and overwhelming, is, is it not? It's just so good, so amazing, and uh, Teresa and I just want to say thank you for your continued prayers for us, and uh, just we we have just sensed God's uh, goodness and His faithfulness to us uh, as we continue through this time of of, uh, of sorrow and grief. Um, it's really opened up a lot of doors with family, just sharing with uh, with uh, Teresa's family, and and uh, so we just want to just say thank you uh, for praying for us, for your support, your your calls and your cards. Uh, we're overwhelmed, and we just want to say thank you. Thank you for that so much, and uh, we are we are blessed to be here, blessed to be a part of this church family. And uh, you know, uh, one of uh, one of the nieces' husbands. Uh, it's actually it's the the daughter of Molly. Her husband commented on our family, and said. I've never experienced family like this. The, the, his, our, our family, Teresa's family, never experienced that before. He says, I don't have that. And uh, so whether it's our personal families or whether it's the church family body, folks, it's just so important, so amazing to be a part of it. So uh, it just, it's just amazing just to feel embraced uh, by God and by his family. So we just want to say thank you so much. Um, today... Uh, you know, as we continue to move through these catechism questions, uh, obviously the, 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 the main scripture that we've read, I'll just read it to you again. And then I want you to turn your Bibles. Don't turn in Colossians. I want you to turn to the book of Romans chapter 8. Um, read a, I'm going to read a bigger passage. But Colossians 1, uh, 19 uh, and 20 speaks of God's reconciling all things to himself. But what does this include? That's a big question that we need to ask. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him, the hymns there are speaking of Christ, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. You know, one of the things in the songs that we sang, and I'm going to read a song, a hymn, uh, at the end of our uh, sermon today. One of the things that, that we're all excited about is going to heaven, amen? Oh, come on. Amen? Amen. We need to spark this crowd up a little bit, okay? It, we want to go to heaven, but I want you to understand something that sometimes we are so excited about going to heaven and being with God, which there's nothing wrong with that, that we forget about God's bigger plan of redemption, which includes the redemption of all of heaven and all of earth. Earth itself will be redeemed, will be restored to its original intent, God's original plan of creation. And so when we think about Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 and how God created everything and it was perfect, it was beautiful, God said it was good. In fact, he said it was very good. Folks, there will be a time when all things will be restored where God can once again and will again say it is very good. And that is just amazing that we 
We just need to broaden our perspective here of what Christ's death redeems. Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 25, um, as, as we read that, just follow along, starting in verse 18. For I, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the, uh, the church at Rome, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willing, not willingly, but because of him, God, who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Holy Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes in what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it patiently. Now there's a lot there, but I just have a couple of questions as we begin today. And, you know, I could preface it by saying some of us were walking in here today and not feeling completely whole bodily, right? You're sore, you're struggling. It's like, oh, poor Roy. Roy said to me, it's hard to get out of bed today. And we've all been there. Okay, we've all been there, it, it, whether it's physical or emotionally or, or uh, you know, just uh, mentally, we, we wrestle this. Uh, we are not the way we were meant to be. So have you ever had moments where you wondered, and I'm going to just stretch it out here, that you have wondered if being a Christian is worth it? Okay? It's okay to be honest with that question. I know that I have felt that way before. Sooner or later, we all wonder if living through the present struggles of this life are worth it all. We really wonder. And as Christians, somehow, because we know what we know, we're supposed to hold a, a higher standard. But we struggle physically, emotionally, uh, you know, mentally, all these different uh, uh, ways that we struggle in fact, many profess faith in Christ and seek to live God's way, but in, uh, but in time they find their present suffering just uh, not worth being faithful and they fall away. And folks, I've been in Christianity for a long time and I've watched the falling away. I've watched the falling away of people who just said it's not worth it. And folks, that's a question that we need to ask ourselves in light of this catechism question, what else does Christ redeem? Is it worth it? In, in Colossians 1, 9-20, and Romans chapter 8, 18-25, the Apostle Paul confronts a mindset by saying that our, and especially in Romans chapter 18, that uh, in, in verse 18, our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. So there's something that we're waiting for. There's something that will be revealed to us. And our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory 
that will be revealed to us. In other words, he's saying, if you know where you're heading in the future, you won't even entertain the idea that your current problems and pains aren't worth going through. You just won't entertain it. Now, that doesn't mean we don't get up in the morning and go, oh, it's hard to walk. It's hard to get out of bed. My back hurts. Man, my shoulder hurts, whatever. Or I can't remember anything or whatever it might be. Or the loss of a loved one. It doesn't mean that those struggles aren't there and that they aren't real because they are. But we need to understand that in light of what's coming, they're worth it. Because God is doing something in and through those struggles. He is always working in us and through us. And he's using even our struggles, our current problems and pains as we, as we go through that. So as, as we think about this, so the question that we have to ask, what is this glorious inheritance toward which the Christian walks, sometimes with painful steps day by day? The Apostle Paul says that the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. And I just want to say that sons of God there has nothing to do with angels or angelic beings. It has to do with those who have given their heart and life to Jesus Christ. You and I, sons of God, daughters of God, okay? This creation waits in eager expectations for those who belong to God to be revealed. The Apostle Paul says that, um, uh, why, why is this? What, because we and the created world are falling apart. Folks, that's just reality. We're falling apart. You know, I, I remember being in high school when, when, uh, when in, the, in the sense of evolution, that evolution was basically saying that all things are evolving and getting better. And I kind of looked around going, what book did you read? Where did you get your facts? No, everything, us and the world that we live in are falling apart. It is because of sin in us and around us. And, 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 and because there is sin in us and, and around us and uh, the world in which we live in does not function the way that God intended it to function. We do not function the way that God intended us to function. Folks, why is it that God says, love your neighbor or love those that are closest to you, and then one thing is said, and the last thing you want to do is love them? Folks, if we didn't struggle with sin in us, not sin around us, but sin in us, that wouldn't be a problem. It just wouldn't be a problem. So here's our reality. A glory is coming that will be so blindingly powerful that when it falls on us, it will envelop the entire created order and glorify it along with us. So in other words, when the glory of God, when you and I are transformed, when you and I are brought back to the way God intended us to be, along with that will be all of creation. All, all will be brought back to the way God intended it to be. We won't be glorified and look back down on the earth and go, man, I wish something would happen down there. It will all be changed. Everything will be changed. Tom will be able to find an elk every time he goes out. But instead of shooting it with a gun, he'll shoot it with a camera. Okay? You, you know, it, it, 
it's, it's just amazing for us. As believers, when we are brought to glory, all creation will be renewed. It will be restored. It will be redeemed along with us. You know, there, here's something that, folks, we're so wanting to get out of here that we forget what God's going to do here. We just want out. We think if we could just get out of here, we'd be safe. Folks, at the end, when God blows his trumpet and calls us all to be with him, he redeems everything. And it will all be changed. Every piece of sin, every molecule of sin will be eradicated. Amen? And our world, the earth itself, groans under the weight of it right now. You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, you know, our sonship, if you will, our adoption will be publicly revealed and acknowledged and we will, we will finally and fully be conformed to the likeness of Christ as it says in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 29. And we will be perfectly holy as Christ is and as dazzlingly beautiful as Christ is. That's just amazing. If you turn your Bibles back to the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 8, um, there's just an amazing uh, passage there that talks about uh, just the way that we were made. Psalm chapter 8, and uh, I'm going to start at verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have set in place, verse 4, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Verse 5, you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with what? Glory. Whose glory? God's glory. He has crowned God when he made you, crowned you with his glory. You are at the apex of his creation. And you and I will be restored to that. Amen? Sometimes we think when we get to heaven, well, I hope I just make it in there. Folks, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you and I will be completely and wholly and spiritually restored to God's intended plan. And along with it, the heavens and the earth will be restored to the way they were meant to be. That's incredible. That's amazing. That should give you and I hope of all of these times that we're going through, all the struggles, all the wrestles, all the loss of life, all the things that we deal with in this life are momentary compared to what you and I will experience. What, you, what is in store for us. Creation is groaning. Why don't we enjoy this, this, this glory yet? When humanity fell into sin, folks, again, the reality of this text in Romans especially, the entire created order somehow shared in that fall. That's what Romans 8.20 says. That somehow when man fell, when Adam and Eve fell, that from that point on, the entire created order fell with, with them. It is now subjected to frustration. It is now subjected to frustration. 
Nature isn't what it ought to be or what it was created to be. Nature is alienated both from us who were meant to live in harmony with nature as its directors and rulers, as we know in Galatians 1.29. And it is alienated from itself. It has become frustrated, not by its own choice, but by the, uh, by the will of the one who subjected it, as we see again in Romans 8.20. This refers to God since the subjection was accompanied by hope of liberation. And that's the thing that we that Paul wants us to see in this text, that this is why creation itself, the created world that you and I live, the planet that we live on, waits in eager expectation. You see, we wait, don't we? We're waiting. Creation itself is waiting. The earth, the universe, the stars, the planets wait in eager expectation. Folks, there is nothing that separated in little compartments in God's creation. It's all connected. It, is, it was all meant to live in harmony. For now, though, creation, it says, is, is in bondage to decay in Romans 8.21. You know, it's, uh, uh, it, it's, it, it's amazing that it's, it's caught in this continual uh, cycle of death and uh, and decomposing, if you will, okay, everywhere, okay, death and decomposing. That's why it's so beautiful to, to see how nature's life-giving qualities continually seek uh, to reestablish itself, bringing new life out of death. You know, it's amazing that you, you plant a flower, and what do you fertilize it with? Dead organisms, you know, and out of death comes life. And it's just been so fun to walk around. Teresa and I walk around town a lot. It's just been so fun to see everybody's flowers. Just, it's just amazing. We're just awestruck by flowers. We love them. Don't worry, we're not going to cut them, okay? We're just, we just look at them. But, but it, it's just amazing to see that everything in nature, folks, eventually wears out and dies. That includes you and I. Okay, we know that. It's a reality. And so nature is in a realm of pain and suffering. So the created world has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth in uh, chapter 8, verse 22. There is relentless pain that comes from first to last as things decay. In, uh, uh, in this creation, no experience in our world, no experience is untainted by pain, even if it's only the pain of knowing the experience cannot last. You know, uh, I always tease my dad. I go, Dad, I inherited my bad back from you. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not. And when it's not good, it's like, ouch, it hurts a whole lot, you know. And, and, uh, and it's just it's knowing that, that experience, I'll get better, but I know that it will come back, okay? Everything, there's this knowing the experience cannot last, okay? This, this experience of renewal within the realm of where we live and what's going on. But we need to understand that creation will be liberated, and that includes you and I. Creation will be liberated. None of this is the last word, Romans 8.21, the creation itself will be liberated 
and brought into glorious freedom, uh, into the glorious freedom of the children of God. As you and I are liberated from death and sin, then so will the earth. It will be liberated from, from, the, from, the, from the death that, that now controls it. Instead of frustration, there will be fulfillment. When we consider the, the majesty and the greatness of the oceans and the mountains and the valleys and the forests and, and so on, it staggers the mind to imagine what the world will be like when it's free to be itself. Isn't that amazing? Folks, we live in an amazing state. Amen? We really do. Now, I'm not talking about government here. I'm talking about state, okay? I'm just talking about the state that we live in is beautiful. We have an Airbnb, and people come, and they, they, they just go, this is incredible. This one guy says, I didn't know that things like Mount Rainier even existed. First time I've seen snow. It was the first... He was in his 40s. It was the first time he'd ever seen snow. That's amazing in the world that we live in today, right? He was blown away. He goes, this is amazing. One lady said, I just want to live here. Can I rent it forever? You know, but, but folks, it, this is, it's amazing when we see what we see, knowing full well that the earth as it is is not functioning to the intention that God designed it to be. Okay, that's just incredible. We think the world is beautiful. God says, wait till I'm done with it. Wait till you see what it was meant to be and how it was meant to operate and how it was meant to function. That just, that just makes my juices go. That just makes me go, I can't wait for that. So here it is, instead there is, instead of pain, there will be joy. You know, it's, it's hard to think, it's hard to think that the earth itself will cry out in joy. Will shout with joy. So this metaphor um, for the current state of creation, uh, one of childbirth in Romans chapter 8.22 and Matthew 24.8, um, uh, the pangs are are meaningless because the world is giving birth uh, will give uh, birth to a new version of itself. And so, as we think of as we think of childbirth, that that there's pain and agony, right, ladies, in the giving of children and the birthing of children. But but that is quickly um, replaced by joy, the joy of the baby. Okay, the. The, the, the joy of that little one that is now in your hands. And so pretty soon the pain and the suffering that you went through is now gone and is replaced by joy. And, my, and, and so the, the, the metaphor that Paul uses of, 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 of childbirth is amazing because even though there is pain and suffering, there is the end result is joy. And that is what will happen as we, as we see uh, the earth restored uh, to its original intent. This is the future. This is what God's work of redemption is doing. Please hear what I just said. Sometimes when we think of redemption and salvation, we only think of ourselves, right? But God is not just saving you. He is saving his entire creation. Amen? That is something that we need to be reminded of. That is something that, that, that 
It just, it just kind of blows your mind on the perspective of who God is. Because sometimes when we think about redemption, sometimes in our little puny world of our own personal kingdoms, all we can think about is that God saved me. But God doesn't just save you. He saves all those. He would wish that none would perish, so He saves all those who would come to Him by faith in Jesus Christ. But not only does He save people, but He saves and He redeems His creative work. That is just incredible. That is amazing. So as he's fulfilling um, this redemptive work that God is doing, it is he, uh, he is fulfilling and renewing uh, and joy. It is a joy-giving future. Creation can look forward to it since it is also uh, the future that, that we look forward to. And that is so important. So this is Paul's answer to the question of whether our future glories make our present suffering worth bearing. He tells us that creation itself says absolutely, resoundingly yes. So we need to understand that, folks, that creation itself breaks forth with, with speaking it through its own suffering and that bearing of that suffering, creation itself tells us it is worth waiting for. It is worth living for. It is worth living through. Folks, we just, need to, just, we just need to know this. We're not there yet, but we will be. In Romans chapter 8, 23, Paul points, uh, points us to something that we already have and something that we don't have. Here's what we have. We have the first fruits of the Spirit, first fruits of an incoming harvest where quite literally the batch uh, the, the, the first batch or the foretaste of what was to come. That was the first fruit. A first fruit was what it was the first gleaning from your garden, from, from, your, uh, from your fields or whatever it was. But it was a foretaste of what was yet to come. We are the first fruits. There is something yet to come. Presently, the the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is making us uh, eternally alive. This is all part of first fruits. He is making us alive. And, and Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 10 uh, speaks of that. And just write that reference down. He is giving us gradual and, and internal freedom from the effects of sin and death, slowly making us more like His Son, Christ. Folks, he is in the process of redeeming and sanctifying, saving, redeeming, justifying, sanctifying, and someday glorifying us. We are in a process of being made more like Christ. But this is only the first fruit, just the taste of the total freedom from the effects of sin and death in our bodies and spirits that the Holy Spirit will one day give us. Oh, that will be glory for me. Glory for me. Glory for me. Okay? There is so much that we are looking forward to. But here's the thing is we see what we have and what we don't have. This will only come when we have what we currently do not have, yet eagerly await for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies the redemption of our bodies. 
1 Corinthians 15 speaks about the time that, that in, the, in the last days, the, the trumpet will sound in the twinkling of an eye, okay, the, that our bodies will be changed and, and be brought, caught up into heaven, that, that all things will be changed. The redemption of our bodies will be, will be made right and, and real and true the way that God intended them to be. The redemption will be complete. Right now, the redemption is the redemption of your soul, which is first and foremost. But there will be a redemption of your body. Your body will re be restored. I look forward to that day because I'm going to be as tall as Josh Callan when I get to heaven. Right? And Josh is going to be as small as me. No, <laughs> no. there's going to be a redemption of our bodies. Our bodies will be restored to the way they were meant to be. It doesn't matter size or anything like that. What matters is that we will be like Christ. We will be redeemed. You will be able to, you will only love because you have God's love fully and completely. You will be patient because there's no such thing as un, not being patient. Does that make sense? You, you, all of the negatives of the fruits of the Spirit will be gone. Amen. I look forward to that day. Okay? When we are redeemed, though we are legally adopted, we are not, uh, we've not yet received the fullness of our family resemblance. We have not yet enjoyed the final celebration of our status as children of God. But folks, we will. We will. It, it will be worth it all. Sometimes, and, and these are just some reflections, okay, some practical things. Just to remind us, because sometimes you go, man, I just can't wait for that. But I want you to think about what's going on in your life right now. Sometimes you realize that you actually really have grown more like Christ in some respects, right? You, you, you see it. Or someone tells you something and you go, okay, that's new. That's different. Perhaps we, we, you notice the way that you are uh, less flawed than you were before in your behavior or your conduct or your your words that come out of your mouth or your driving behavior or whatever it might be. Just the way that you see people that just somehow just drive you nuts, okay? You, you see that, 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 that you're less flawed as you were or, or you love more than you used to or you're, you're um, and I, I, I put this word in here and I know you guys are going to struggle with it, that you have become godlier in your behavior than you once were. And you're going, yeah, right, Dan. Godlier? could have used a different name or a different word there, but I, I use that on purpose because you are being made holy and godly. In fact, it says in 1 Peter that you have been given everything you need to live a holy and godly life. That's what God's word said. That's what he already told us. So it's already happening. But I just want to encourage you to stop and take notice. That's not for me to go, hey, Teresa, have I been got more godly this week? That's that's not what we're talking about, because I know the answer I'd probably get, okay? But, but sometimes you, but folks, as you and I choose, as, you, as we choose to obey God, as we choose to surrender to a spirit that lives in us, then I'm going to tell you that you will be transformed. You are in the process of being made new. Amen? In those moments that we should remind ourselves that the pain of both being a part of Christ's family in a world of frustration and rejection 
as we are being conformed to the image of Christ cannot and it will not be com compared to the glory that you and I are waiting for. It just can't. We don't know. We don't know uh, uh, what we one day, one day will be. We 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 kind of have this idea, um, but we we need to understand that God is in the process of, of changing us. We know um, all of our best days lie ahead, and all of our painful days lie behind us. Then, and so when uh, even when our even in our worst days and in our hardest moments. We know that it will be worth it all. And I just want to read a, a hymn. One of the things as I, as I study and as I, as I prepare, you know, one of the things for me as I read the scripture and as I, as I study, one of the things that comes to me, and that's why we're very, very selective about what we sing right now. Because we want it to point to the topic. We want it to point to, to remind you and I of, uh, that, in music, that, that great men and women have written Music, lyrics that point to the very topic that we're dealing with. But there was a song that was written called, It Will Be Worth It All. Sometimes the day seems long, our trials hard to bear. We're tempted to complain, to murmur and despair. Sound familiar? Okay. But Christ will soon appear to catch his bride away. All tears forever over in God's eternal day. Verse 2. At times the sky seems dark. With not a ray of light, we're tossed and driven on. No human help in sight. But there is one in heaven who knows our deepest care. Let Jesus solve your problems. Just go to him in prayer. Verse 3. Life's days will soon be o'er. All storms forever past. We'll cross the great divide to glory safe at last. We'll share the joys of heaven, a harp, a home, a crown. The tempter will be banished. We'll lay our burdens down. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Amen? Folks, can I just make a correction to verse 3? Because we'll cross the great divide to glory safe at last. We'll share the joys of heaven, a harp, a home, a crown. For crying out loud, folks, I've sung that my entire life. You are not going to sit in heaven and plunk a harp and sit on a cloud. Can I just tell you that? Folks, if that's all you're looking for in heaven, then you are sorely remiss. If that's kids, if that's all you think there is in heaven, no matter that it doesn't, I, all the kids say, well, that's just boring. Rightly so. Folks, heaven and earth, and that includes you and I as his followers, are being redeemed in salvation. And our the creation, the created world is being redeemed and restored. Everything is being made new. Folks, heaven, not just heaven, some place that you're thinking that you're going, but heaven, the universe, the world as God intended will be, is going to blow your socks off. And you, as his followers, have an opportunity to be a part of it.
And so as the song says, and rightly so, so bravely run the race till we see Christ. 1 Corinthians 15.58 says, Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain. Don't give up. Folks, I know it's frustrating. I know it's difficult. I know that, that we don't like what's happening in our world. But my friends, can I just tell you something? My God, your God is moving all things to its final end and its final glory. Amen? And the life that we are now experiencing will disappear and be gone. And you and I will be in the presence of God forever. And the world that he created will be changed. And you and I will have a part in it and be a part of it. I look forward to walking in the Garden of Eden. Don't you? I look forward to talking with God like Adam and Eve talked with God in the Garden. I look forward to that. So don't give up. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord thy God is with thee. Tom, will you come and lead us in a song? And then we'll close in prayer after that.